Hey, Tatum, what did you think of tonight's show? Um, I mean, it sounded good from what I heard. So you were more interested than your in your book than this awesome motorcycle show? A little bit. <laughs> okay, that's, there's nothing to be ashamed of because your brother did an awesome job of hosting it. That would be Logan Tyler back on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. He talks way more, but the show is better for it. So now here's the show. Jimmy thinks it, so here's the show. Either the desk here. Oh, we got. Are we live? Yeah, I think so. Live from Pahrump. This is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where we talk about motorcycle, motorcycle motorcycle-related products. Logan, back here. I like how there's only half of me on this screen, on this view. There we go. We'll fix that. that one button push. That's all it takes. Yep, yep. So hopefully we're live on all the things. No intro tonight. We're going straight to, uh, they like they say, straight to tape, except we're going straight to the internet. Uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday is the show that answers your motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions from the Valley of the Dirt People, where currently I'm the only Valley Dirt People resident sitting here. Logan? Yep. How's it how's it how's Vegas life? Uh it's it's pretty good. Not as not as dusty. Not as dusty. Yep. <laughs> not as not as good riding, but not, not as good of riding, this is true. No, but um a lot of fun. You mean more chicks? Yeah. Right. That's I, I kind of uh I kind of expected that. So we're streaming live uh, right now on our YouTube channel and also a couple of Facebook pages, the Old Guys Moto Fitness. So if you old guys that want moto fitness questions, ask away. Um, if you guys on the Instagrams have questions, we're going to go straight to you guys. You, you get them first because we started there earlier. Sometimes our Facebook people have to wake up. The YouTube people have to wake up. Um, are you, do you have the streaming link? You know what I forgot to bring over here was my computer. Oh yeah. But I can get that later. We can, we can do that later during the break. So make sure that we can call up the chat thing on there or you, you can, uh, call those questions. So for those of you that are new to the show, uh, the way this works is you ask a question and I answer it. I can answer nine out of 10 questions without referring to a reference manual and we're not really sure why Matt's not here. Um, I think he's helping his sister out uh, with some work, but that would be really convenient that the, it's it's at the exact same time as some sort of um, hockey ball game or something. Yeah, um, it was perfectly from five to seven that he he was busy. And is that the same time as the the? The ones that the LeBron James doesn't play in that team, right? I don't think so. Okay. So there's a hockey game going on in town. And Matt misses this, I think, because of that. I don't know, but he wouldn't. I didn't ask. (laughs) So any questions over here? I'm going to look at my uh, things. I'm not seeing any questions on the Instagrams. So the thing about the Instagrams is if you have a question, you have to ask it now because I clip you if we ever go to any of our other things because it involves another channel of streaming or pushing buttons or something like this. But you need the ads too. So this show would not be possible. Tech Talk 
Taco Tuesday, episode number 192, without the help of Yamaha. Taco Moto, that's tacomoto.co. Scott Sports, Climb. DDC, our original sponsor. Trail Tech, Fast Company. Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. Here's a double take mirror so you can look at what you're seeing right now. That's like infinite. Yeah, if you're watching what I'm doing on the Instagrams. Uh, yeah, double take mirrors. Uh, bolt right on uh, through ram mounts. So they have a couple different designs for adventure bikes, enduro bikes, and uh, they're good if you need a mirror for your motorcycle. If you want to make your non-street legal motorcycle legal or you just want to upgrade the horrible mirrors that come on your standard dual sport or adventure bike. So do we have any questions popping into the feed there, Logan? Not yet. Um, just some comments. Well, some comments. So here's a question. Dan Zorand. Okay, Dan. Says he bought a brand new beta and I dented the frame. Big deal or no? Ooh. Um, yeah, it's a big deal because I know what a motorcycle costs these days. And I know this, I know the feeling that you're having. <laughs> But you don't have to worry. It's probably not going to affect the feeling of the bike too much. So it kind of depends on where the dent is. And it, it, it I'm sure it'll have some sort of effect, but not huge. Because I had my uh, Husaberg 570. I had one that I used to, used to, along with my KTM 200, to set up King of the Motos, which was an extreme enduro. And it, it came with plastic frame guards, which I took off. And sure enough, I tipped it over a rock and put a ding in the frame uh, on the side, on the main side rail. So I'm kind of curious where his ding is. Maybe he can answer that to us. Uh, but I got one in the, like one of the kind of the frame spars, you know, up just above where your foot rests. And it was a pretty good one. And then after that, I felt bad. Uh, should have had the plastic cover on. It actually would have helped. And then I got another one a little bit higher up. It was kind of, yeah, it was kind of more of a scratch, but it was pretty deep. It was enough to kind of gall it and scar it. I never, on that bike, I never felt it doing any different. And I remember when I was racing like Yamaha YZ125s in the desert, I used to smash the crap. Oh, wait, even XR, even when I was racing like an XR250 back in the day, I used to smash the crap out of the lower frame rails. It just looked like somebody took a sledgehammer to it. But it wasn't until I had an XR400 that I smashed them completely shut <laughs> and realized that at that point, you do, you know, when you smash them completely shut and closed, then you start feeling a, a chassis difference, uh, some handling issues. So he says it's uh, under the ignition, bottom rail, left side. Yeah, not, I don't think it's going to affect it too much. It's It's more when it... It's more when it's kind of up on the up on the spars. That lower cradle doesn't do as much as you would think because it has a bolt, like the bottom engine mount bolt and the lower back engine mount bolt or the swing arm pivot, depending on how it's hung in there. Like it, those kind of eliminate a lot of the chassis feel uh, from that as long as you don't stiffen it up and like denting it, eh, it can stiffen it up a little bit or make it wallow a little bit more. I think when I think when you smash like the XRs completely shut, 
the engine was doing, you realize the engine was doing most of the, the stiffness of the chassis down there, but then they would start breaking. So I think they actually kind of got stiffer. You know, they, they, they would start cracking at the kind of at the welds or where they connected to the main thing. So I, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, it's just when you look at it, it's painful. What kind of skid plate was he running? Will he answer us that question? Um, hopefully. Um, and my buddy El Chipowski, El Chipowski, El Chipowski, just joined us on the on the grams, and I want to get this guy on the show. He 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 doesn't know why, but I know why. Chip um, Chip is an old time skate photographer. There, it's the stock. A oh, stock uh, skid plate. Yeah. For beta. And he went right through it. Uh, it plowed. It basically was a plastic one, and he plowed right through it. I would think so. Uh, was it on accident, or was he doing, like, and I mean by on accident, was it just an unsuspecting rock that just completely caught him off guard, or was it like he, was he doing, like, kind of extreme enduro or kind of hopping up things and, and caught a rock? Went right through the plastic. Right through the plastic. Yep. Uh, expected or unexpected? Like, w- was the riding he d- was doing? Because this is, we're going to get into a good discussion about like by accident. Plas- by accident, plastic skid plates versus aluminum skid plates. Now, so of course, if if you don't expect this to happen, like if you're out like smashing rocks and doing extreme enduro stuff, you should expect this kind of thing to happen, and then you have to protect your bike accordingly. Stock skid plates are meant to like, you know, kind of glide over things and sort of deflect things that are flying up from hitting the frame. The when you start getting into more protective skid plates, then all of a sudden you can start hitting your frame on things. Okay, we got to have to angle that camera. So what oh, you need to do, it's the yeah. Yeah, there's a camera angle issue. But you can figure out which camera that is. I don't know which one it is. I, you do you think you know? I think yeah. we're trying to. It is dedicated to my uh, late father-in-law Ned McNabb. That's okay though. Yeah, no. It's... This episode is now edit- dedicated to Ned. Yes. I was using Ned's phone today. Ned's phone is <laughs> streaming you to Instagram right now. So I think it's that one right there. I think it's this one. Oh, you think so? <laughs> we'll find out. Turn them all just a little bit, and then we'll decide if that's it. That wasn't the one that's on right now, but. We'll see it. which I would push the button. Okay, back to skid plates. So if it's kind of like this discussion between like how, you know, what skid plate you're going to be, you could just aim, aim, angle that one over yeah, kind of a lot more because yeah. there's, no, there's no one else here. Just don't get it over to all the way over to your zone. You can go right to the end of the old rooster end of board. Remember having to make that thing for us, Logan? Yeah, that thing was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the project days, I'd go a little bit, just a tad more, but that's okay. Aluminum versus like thicker plastic versus stock. So there's there's a lot of different companies that make these from from uh, you know Enduro Engineering makes good uh, aluminum skid plates. Uh, There is what was the the Utah? um, There was a company in Utah. I think it might you might even been in the name that made uh, a thicker aluminum skid plate that was more protective. And then you can go to like the TM Design Works that makes, um, you know, the thicker ones. Now there's the Molecule and there's another, there's another one. We always have them in our Rooster Eggmos endo segment that people put that stuff. So 
Um, yeah, it's it depends on how you're going to do it and how much protection you need. And and if it's like kind of an accident, I I try not to dress my bike up for the accident because sometimes it can you know you're 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 like I see people that say they they dress for the crash, and I almost treat my bikes the same way so back to my Husabergs, i had my one Husaberg with the dented frame and then i took my other my nice one out i had a newer one i bought another 570 i don't know why probably because it has so much power and i was out riding it just doing normal riding nothing too crazy and then by accident i started riding extreme enduro stuff that i shouldn't have been riding on this particular bike because i could knock it over and dent the frame yep. without the plastic skid guard you know this plastic frame guards that i had now two sets of and uh so i dented a second frame so moral of the story is uh if you're gonna dent your frame you're gonna dent your frame <laughs> i guess i don't know so another question is paul britston 22 wr 450f competition ecm fmf 1450 years for say 22 exc 500 get ecu readily and open up sxf muffler stock 1448 gearing what bike do you think is faster all the parts at through am just back from a ride with my bud and was blown away okay so what was the first bike again uh, 22WR450F. Yamaha. Yeah. The show is brought to you by Yamaha. Yamaha. Go to... Uh, I wish I had the, the read that I used to have here because I was going to I was gonna read off the website and some cool little thing, but there's, there's no doubt that the WR should have just blown your doors off because it is a Yamaha and they're the best bikes. Yeah. I actually... I'm blown away by how good our WR450 is, how fast it is. I just did the video on it today, kind of the... Call it riding impression video, but uh, when you started reading off all of those specs and stuff, my eyes just started spinning in my head because I couldn't piece it all together. But I, I don't think that anytime you're on any 450 or any 500, they're they're all kind of in the same ballpark. I mean, a certain size motor makes a certain kind of power, and then it all comes down to how it is delivered. And I'd almost be willing to bet more money that I can afford to lose that if, and the Yamaha can't be completely stock because completely stock is completely choked up and whatever. But if they're if they're in a more stock form, the bike with the more stock form would allow the rider to get the bike to wide open and accelerating better than the one that has all the mods done. And when I say accelerating better, it's probably not going to be spinning the wheel as much, nor did it ever try to lift the front wheel. It just drove forward. So a lot of it has to do with traction and other things. But when all of these modifications start kind of coming together, unless it's tested carefully, uh, the power band does stuff and the traction does stuff and it's not as, quote, fast as you think. It might give you what we like to call showroom bounce or parking lot impression. But actually drivability and rideability uh, tend to go a long ways in in 
which one is faster and which one isn't faster. I'll tell you a story that I've told a few times, many times, I don't know. I went riding with a group of guys, some of them that you guys know because they're internet people and they're people that are involved in the industry and stuff, and they all had very, very modified bikes, and I was on a completely stock Husky 501. Stock, stock, stock. And we were going up a sand wash, an uphill sand wash that was kind of kind of gravelly, but good traction. Dirt was medium wet. And we were just riding up the sand wash, which took novice skill level. Nothing, but it was flowy, and it had some tight turns where you could accelerate, where you could get the throttle wide open. I passed every single one of the guys on there, super modified, whether it was loud pipe, medium pipe, super tuned this, that, the other, this gearing, that pipe air, what on a stock bike i out accelerated them out of turns down straightaways wherever in it and you can say what it say what you like i'm an old washed up racer maybe i was a little bit better at carrying a little bit of speed in the turn but guess what that's free and then and i passed more of them because their wheels were spinning a lot faster than they were going so that comes to drivability. So that's where. Sir, do you know what the moral of that story is, Logan? You want to brag how fast you are? Oh boy! Uh, turn the throttle farther, yeah. son. Turn the throttle farther. Yeah. yeah, on a bike that actually puts really good power to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I did want to tell everybody how much faster I am. Is that, is that the way it came off? Did you notice that I'm wearing really nice pants? You are. That's weird. You're not. You don't have shorts with holes and paint on them. Well, that I'm used to. I, I just want to point out that maybe sometimes, just sometimes, I you know I I listen to people around me and saw Matt dressed really really sharp last time and he said yeah. it was for motivation. It gave him motivation. So I'm motivated to make this show better. So yep. I wore some yep. nice nice pants. Not that I'm going to show you. I mean, look good, feel good. Is that is that a thing? I think so. Do they teach you that in school? No, they, they teach me letters when they're supposed to be numbers, and when they're supposed to be numbers, they teach me letters. Okay. Uh, you mean you, you're trying to get a grade as opposed to learn something? You want to get yes. an A? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand this, but uh, yeah. I, I, um, so I'm trying to see if I can make the show better. But I think motivation is from within. It doesn't matter. If you're motivated to do something... Um, you, you can't fake it. You can't fake yourself into, well, I'm trying right now. I'm going to, this is the best motorcycle podcast show where I talk about motorcycle, motorcycle related products right now on the internets everywhere. So I don't see any questions on our Instagrams. Uh, even though I tried to wave at some people, but if you are on the Instagrams right now and you're missing out the bigger picture we're over on our facebook channel and on our youtube thing and you can find this uh on the podcast platform so if you're sick of listening to it when you want to look at pictures and i'm pointing i'm see i'm pointing at them uh go to one of those channels because we're going to clip you uh, right now but it's good seeing you all on instagrams uh cheers we'll see you in the near future and now I have to f- remember how to turn X it off. X on the top right. X on the top right. Logan can done the end now, right? And then uh, I want to share it. And what you have to do is you have to type in uh, 
Tech Talk Taco Tuesday or TTTT number 192. Yeah. And then share it with your friends and don't post any bad pictures on my Instagram account. Okay. Um, again, if you are looking for an awesome seat, seat concepts are proudly made and developed in the USA by true motorcycle enthusiasts. Seat Concepts offers a wide variety of seats from stylish replacement covers to complete seats. I love the complete seats. There's usually one behind me right now, but I hit it for myself. Various heights and width profiles, which is very important, especially if you're a taller guy or a smaller guy or you want a little more comfort or a lot more comfort. They have unmatched support and impact dampening to the rider. So Seat Concepts has a seat for you. You can see all the options at seatconcepts.com, and uh, they've been saving asses since 2009. Am I all posted up, Logan? All good? Uh, you can also support this show by clicking through our Rocky Mountain and Amazon links on our site. Go to the one that says, uh, there's a little tab up there. It's dirtbiketest.com. Support us. So I have a couple questions here. Did somebody ask me if I ride with Paul Torres um, in the chats? Give me that thing back. Yes. Yes. What was Someone the question? Did. Jimmy or Dave Donnelly says, Jimmy, you ever rode with Paul Torres? He was at Erzberg. So the answer is no. <laughs> no, I haven't ridden with Paul Torres. Uh, that guy's gnarly. That guy is absolutely I, – I was watching the video. But, you know, I'll tell you a story. I don't like to talk about racing at all on this channel. We should just start doing racing podcasts so I can talk about it. Yep. But then it would all be about me and my racing. But back when I raced Erzberg, the two times I raced it and the two times I finished it, which kind of surprises people. And I don't like to brag or anything, but I just like to point out the facts. The first year I went there, I went there – as a BMW factory rider on this bike called the HP2, which is a twin-cylinder dirt bike. And it was a 1,200cc monster. Awesome bike, by the way. And so the idea was was that we were going to go there, and they had the Iron Road Prologue, which is the way you qualify for the hair scramble. And it was wide open, fast, Baja style, and so BMW, you know, I was a rally, former rally racer, so they said, hey, why don't you come over and do this? And I said, I want to race the hair scramble. That's what I really wanted to do. And they're like, not on this bike. And I'm like, yeah, no, let me let me try it on that bike. We'll just see how far it'll go. And they're like, no, it, it won't go very far. And I knew enough about Erzberg to know it wouldn't go very far. It would only make it a certain distance. But boy, would it be a spectacle. And I would have been able to start on the first row because I almost won. I actually posted the fastest time ever up the mountain, but – Unbeknownst to me, you actually had to back it up with a time that was within 15% of your first time, but I blew my bike up the second time. But that time would have put me on the front row. Well, actually, I would have won. I would have been the first, I would have been the first gate pick, quote, on the front row uh, because the, the fastest time was the fastest time. You didn't have to have the second time. But they said, no, we don't really want to do that. It would look bad when the bike and whether you break a cylinder off the side of it or smoke a clutch or whatever, it would look bad for the bike. We don't want to do it. And then I said, well, I want to race the hair scramble. And they're like, you can race anything but a KTM. <laughs> that was the exact words. And so I talked to somebody at Gas Gas, and I got a Gas Gas, quote, factory ride, which meant I got a two-year-old beat-up bike that um, – <laughs> who, who it wasn't Litbetzler, who uh, Manny's dad – 
it wasn't his bike because he was also on the team. It was uh, uh, he was also on the BMW team. Um, I'm so bad with names, I can't even remember. Chris Pfeiffer. So I got Chris Pfeiffer's sort of race bike from last year. And Chris Pfeiffer has also won Erzberg previous. So it wasn't a bad bike. And I managed to qualify also. I was the fastest two-stroke on that bike up the road because it was like mold was growing on that bike going up the road. But it had a six-speed transmission. And believe it or not, gas gases are just as fast as KTMs. And when you have a sixth gear on a super fast road, and trust me, they have slowed that prologue down a bunch because unless Paul Torres has the speed of Graham Jarvis racing up that road and he's not very good at going fast, that Tenere 700 should have been the fastest bike up the Iron Road Pollock. And before it was kind of like a, it was its own thing and guys would race Dakar rally bikes and all different kinds of things. So different, different thing. But anyway, so BMW said, no, you can't race it. Um, rode the gas gas, managed to finish. Uh, then I went back the next year and BMW says, you have to race the HP two and the hair scramble. And I'm like, hell no. Now, cause now I done it. Now I knew I go, I'm only going to make it so far and then it's going to break or, you know, or smoke a clutch or whatever. And they're like, we don't care. We want you to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I think, I think I'm going to, cause I really wanted to finish in the top 10 in the, in the, the hair scramble, which I didn't do. Cause some South African kid fell on top of me in Carl's diner. I had to hike out. And I probably told this story before. I had to hike out, steal a brake lever off a Yamaha, because that's the only ones that would fit a gas gas, to kind of continue and keep going. And uh, so I didn't finish top 10. And I didn't. And But they got another guy to do it. And he, he made it. It'd be really interesting to see how. I saw videos of Paul riding. And he was just sending his bike up the forest, which would be the absolute hardest thing for the big adventure bike. Uh or things without runs. If you can't build a little bit of momentum, you're screwed because it just it just comes down to traction. And there's never a lack of power. It's a lack of getting traction to get momentum and continuing on up the hill. So I uh, haven't ridden with him. I don't think I want to because that guy's gnarly. I don't do that kind of stuff anymore or uh, ever want to. Is there any way that little window, the Restream Channels window, Logan, can go to the chat um, I, I haven't found a way. You haven't to found a way to do that. Okay. We have other questions. Did anything else come flying through the? Um. We have. Oh, this one's for you. So Dave Black mm-hmm. says, "Hey, my girlfriend has small hands, which causes her to throttle up sometimes when she's grabbing the front brake. She worked on a technique, but it still having problems when panic braking. Smaller than these." I'm holding up my hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet her finger length is longer than mine. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Eh, thanks, Logan. Um, but uh, I have no idea what the technique is or anything like that. But when you have small hands, so sometimes, um, you know, grip diameters make a big difference. Like I notice a big difference in grip diameters. So I like running kind of smaller smaller grips and then lever adjustment just understanding how to adjust the lever so that you're able to to reach it and it pulls in and some people and i'm one or two fingers on that front brake so when i pull it in and if it touches my knuckles that front wheel should be locked up and and i and and so i'm really critical with lever adjustment and and so what i'm guessing is that her lever is adjusted so far out she actually has to release off of the throttle and i'm sitting here 
at this table doing my breaking and breaking demonstration with what? My the clutch, clutch hand. hand? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't I don't know which one's which. Okay, so I'll switch. <laughs> I'll switch it over to the other side. Uh but I, I'm willing to bet that that lever is so far out there that she's having to disconnect her hand. And then and then please make sure when she's doing this in the beginning, learning how to doing it, we're not trying to do something like stand up or do anything crazy. All you're doing is in a big open field with nothing to hit, and you're just working solely on controlling the front brake. And I think Dave, I'm pretty sure Dave is taking my two-day class, and you understand that we have uh, some drills for this. I don't care. Well, this is this is why you take a class with good certified instructors that understand what they're doing. We would right away pick out that hey, that that adjustment's off, that lever position is off, or man, you're going to have to really work on smaller grips, or you're doing something so wonky with your hand position, which generally revolves around being not they're not releasing their hand ever off the grip they've clamped onto it like it's like they're velcroed on and they never let go and then they try to do kind of crazy crazy things so i can actually see her actually reaching out grabbing the lever and then in in, in pulling it <laughs> she's rolling her throttle hand on if that's what we we're getting to but uh yeah we have a school for this not teaching till october but uh we have a school that teaches some of these drills also her it might be so stiff that she's having to use something other than just her finger muscles that it's starting the f- to f- the like, front brake lever. Oh, wow. That would be really, that'd be a really screwed up bike. Well, like, yeah, we've seen it before, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little, little delicate pulls on the, on the lever. It should, it should be effortless to get that front brake, you know, activated and it shouldn't take much pressure really to get the front wheel to, uh, lock up. So, Okay, I think we answered that properly. Yeah. Trailtech makes awesome instruments for your motorcycle and kickstand and kickstands too, especially if you have an older KTM. Uh, but the Trailtech has a lot of different uh, instruments that measure whether your bike's running, hour meters, RPM, odometers, and of course the Voyager and Voyager Pro GPS units. Uh, I love the Voyagers for their buddy tracking because... I ride, uh, Logan, you may not know this, but I ride so fast and I don't like to wait that I need to track you on my GPS unit. Yeah, I, one time I, the one time that I, well, the first time that I used a trail tech was with you or the mm-hmm. pro and I would see, I'd get close to you and then it would, you would go away and I was like, okay, I'd get closer and then you'd go away because we were in some technical trail up in our discrete area. Yeah, right. And I was like, how does he know? Like, does he have <laughs> me as well? Yeah. And then I got back and saw and How it got worked. to run down with him, and I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, buddy tracking, you need this. Um, of course, you know, Garmin has a much more expensive and complex uh, solution to this, but just go trail tech. Okay, Logan, another question. Uh, funnel web or twin air filters? That's the question. Yep. By Facebook user. Facebook user. So in all honesty, I think they're both good filters for 
as far as keeping dirt out of your engine. Uh, I've, I've run both of them, mostly twin air, uh, not so much funnel web. I know Trevor has a ton of experience with funnel web. We also probably have a test on one, but you can't go wrong. I don't think with either of them, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the, the funnel web, like exactly how it works. Uh, those weren't around when we did this big extensive air filter test back at Dirt Rider Magazine back in the day, but we did some interesting stuff just to see how kind of kind of filters worked. And it definitely has the more surface area, but the kind of stuff that plugs filters seems to get past that area and down deeper into like the second and on, on some filters, the third layers of foam, the different densities of foam before it really starts plugging. And then, and then there's the air filter oil, which I believe has a, a larger effect on how much they plug and don't plug. Cause some, some oils is almost, are almost too sticky and some are not sticky enough. So there's this crazy game that you can play with, with all this stuff. But I, I would say, unless you're just in the most extreme conditions, uh, that you wouldn't see any sort of difference between those two filters yet. And this is a, is, I haven't ever tested this. So when I got in really silty conditions, which are would plug filters, I always ran a, you know, filter skin, a cover over the top of it so that you could kind of pull it. And, and we would, we would oil that with a, with a light oil, very light oil. So it would catch some of the stuff. And I think of what it mostly did was actually drug a lot of the, the bigger pieces off and some of the bigger pieces would catch the smaller pieces. So it, it would give it a kind of a second life, but I think the filter plugs a little more internally and therefore that, that the, the pyramids that they put on the funnel filter, you know, that stuff is getting down to where it's getting stopped because that stuff on the outside is pretty, is is I would say relatively coarse. So I you you would you know for your specific use you'd have to test it. What I would what I do know is that when there was like like bigger chunks of dirt that would go in, um like if, I don't know if you've ever raced in the right kind of conditions where you get those round balls of dirt in your air bot in your air filter. Have you ever seen those before? Have you ever seen the bolt balls form? Uh like tiny tiny little balls they can be all different sizes yeah that's the only kind i've got yeah it's like in it'll it a motocross tracker like yeah. in really loamy dirt where you're riding and stuff i noticed there were a lot more of those off of a funnel filter one time than there than there than i noticed with a with a different kind of filter in the same you know in the same kind of conditions it wasn't ba- it wasn't a full back-to-back test so it could have been the dirt because those are kind of unique but yeah, I have to say, like I said, I think they're both good filters. Um, I don't. I we, we would have to actually perform a real specific test to find out if there was any huge advantages to to one or the other, or if, it, or if the advantages they talk about actually uh, exist. Trevor runs them all. I think he runs them all the time in his in his twenty four hour bikes. But you have to go check some of his uh, posts and see what he's running currently. Any more? Um. Got any re- recommendations for a good saw mount? A good saw mount. Yep. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> so front, I'm, I guess he's talking front number plate one. So I'm trying, I'm in, doing my recall, and somebody in the chat can probably help me uh, right now. But there is a guy, Bill Dart, I believe is his name, and he's up in Idaho, 
and he makes a uh, kind of custom built. He does small batch runs of chainsaw mounts. I'm pretty sure that Enduro Engineering is making a chainsaw mount as well. And the trickest one ever was built by Trail Tech, and it was kind of a skunk works project. And I think he had them on the website for a while back when Jeff was running the place. It was a it was this this it was made out of the same stuff that good skid plates are made out of that plastic material and it literally was a click lock where you just dropped it in and it click locked you just pull the tab you could actually start it in the mount and unclick it and pull it out on a a very specific steel the steel chainsaw the little limer that everybody was using at the time uh but uh yeah check out check out search bill dart on facebook um and uh or uh, check into enduro engineering and both of those maybe and also pro moto billet i believe had one for a while uh so and i was actually i was a big fan of using a pro moto billet rear fender rack and then they had a plate that you could bolt onto it to adapt uh the chainsaw back there because i i didn't well i need a headlight a lot of times you heard about my trail rides right logan yeah i've been on a couple yeah what time do we come back uh whenever you're tired or whenever you're your other people are tired. Yeah, other people they usually signed up. So yeah, uh, twelve hours, hundred and fifty miles, whichever comes last. Yep, is, was kind of our thing. I don't do that anymore, but that was our thing in the old days. But you're going to run out of one of three things: energy in your body, gasoline in your bike, or daylight. And yep. I always said you could do something about two of those things. You can get a headlight, and you can get a bigger gas tank. The energy in your body thing. <laughs> That one hurts. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, the where'd he go? Uh, Dan Zordon says, "Can you talk about mid valve float and how certain adjustments to valving affect different things?" Mid valve float. So, I I'm not familiar with that particular term. Um, it sounds like a term that it, somebody that at a suspension company that makes some sort of product that I imagine if that's good, they make it better. And if it's worse, they eliminate it. Uh, so Dan, help me out here. Uh, but I will tell you that. So the, the, the mid valve inside of a, inside of a fork, whether it's mid valve or mid speed or mid stroke, and this is where everybody gets confused because different suspensions have different ways that that, that when that starts coming into play, in my experience, if you're dealing with um, a Kaaba or a Showa fork, you your mid valve is the way it is. It takes a suspension guy to go in and adjust it, you know, v- via valving. And I don't know of a whole lot of riders that come off and say, "Hey, I need my mid valve ad- adjusted." But if you're adjusting a WP fork, and this goes for almost all of them, I don't feel like you actually are adjusting the low speed adjusters. You know, it's almost like you're adjusting like a mid speed adjuster. So it it it's there now. We've kind of explained like what it what where where it is. So is it mid? Is it the mid valve mid speed or what is that? What is the float that we're talking about? Does he say um, anything? So like I have how much oil you can get to pass through the ports before the stack flexes. 
Right. So it's mid speed, and and, and uh, yeah, it, it's. I I, I kind of don't I don't understand I don't know if I understand what was the original question back to mid valve float can I explain mid valve float or yeah was can it, you talk about it can I talk about how it? certain adjustments to valving yeah so so brakes? if you if you start generally if you have like on on a normal fork if you start get cranking in on the compression and sometimes the rebound depends on the design of the fork and that's why it's so difficult to explain because that's going to be a little bit slower sometimes it will cause the mid valve to kick in sooner and and therefore make it stiffer which is kind of like by design how it's how it's supposed to work but then it it really depends on how the mid valve is set up you know like what how 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 quickly it kicks in how long before it sort of blows off you know how much it how much it takes to to get going but uh yeah it's and like I said, the the KTM's seem like they they're it transition. It, it affects that a lot more on a on a KTM like the the valving does. So you don't you never can get the real slow speed or slow or low speed um, adjustment change. It's the it's the it kind of goes straight into the mid valve on the stuff. And like uh, so like I said, some of the aftermarket companies make adjusters that get up into that, so you actually have an adjustable. Um, you have an adjustable stack on the mid valve. I know the Kreft suspension that I have, that's what the revalve control essentially is. And it allows you to stiffen that stack and um, it makes a bigger difference than you feel <laughs> is the only way that I can describe it. Uh, most people don't actually, and it kind of, it's it's almost like a little bit like high speed in your rear shock. It kind of affects the the, the ride height and a couple other things more than what you're actually getting in your, you know, in your hands. So hopefully that uh, helps answer answer his question. Uh, what what I, I'm curious about what bike he's asking about specifically. Did he did he throw that in there? No, but he had a previous question that um, a beta. It was on a beta. So that could be Kayaba or what's the other? Yeah. What's the other? The Sax fork. Uh, yeah. Right. And and as funny as it seems, it's like it's like I've uh, ridden KYB SSS. Okay, yeah. So the the KYB those and I don't know, but they're they're not the same as Yamaha ones. <laughs> they're, they're just they're I I don't know I yeah I don't know I but I, I've ridden the betas back and forth, and I honestly for me for stock just when you're testing stock stock stuff, I almost prefer. The, the the non race edition the non race edition stuff on the on the betas it just seems like it's tuned to the chassis a little bit what does your dad have does he have he has a beta yeah I think it's the the RR three ninety so he has Kaba stuff yeah on both, his bike both okay oh, and a sax no no both KYB at front and rear. in rear uh, front yeah. and rear Kaba yeah because yeah. there was a couple of years where they were split they had a Kaba fork and a sax shock yeah. And I, I was always able to get the sax stuff to work pretty good. I mean, it was it was kind of if I was going to keep the bike for a while, and I did this for a couple times with betas. We took them, rode them for five or six hours, serviced them. The oil level was always off. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the the it seemed like it, they they really broke in, 
And I haven't had the opportunity to do that with the the Kaaba sacks. I just rode them very quickly, and and uh, it didn't seem that much better. Let's put it that way. Like like I maybe it is for some people, and I, and I would <laughs> I'd love to do a test where I just switch the stickers on those two bikes. <laughs> I have two have two betas, <laughs> one with sacks and one with Kaaba, and just switch the stickers on the damn stuff and yep. have people ride them. And come back and tell me what they thought. I would love to do that test. It's almost like that test they did on Hondas. <laughs> it's amazing how good a pro circuit sticker makes the suspension work on a Honda. Unbelievable. Oh, really? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Like just, heard, the, just the sticker. I heard fender co- colors do a lot. Front <sighs> fender colors. For me? Yeah. Yeah. I was blown away by that, too. I it, it's, it's amazing what your brain tells you. You mm-hmm. know, when, you, when you're... When you're focused on something you're not supposed to be focused on? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, next one. Um, Paul Brinston says that anyone ride adventure bikes. Does anyone ride adventure bikes? Yeah. Mm, I do. Yep. I do once a year. You get you got canned this year. You're on ground. You're grounded. Yeah. You probably can't even go on an adventure bike ride. I probably have to ride that 390 again. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a hoot. It was fun. It's, we got, we got a video new. about that. We need somebody. We need somebody to edit that video. It's almost there. I I have a guy. There's a guy someplace. He's in the internet. He's supposed to be working on a song. And then I figured if I got the song, we'd get it done. That's why Double Take Mirrors is such a good sponsor of the show because they gave us money to get that video done. Yep. And every week I don't get that video done, they're on this show oh. for free. Yeah. Oh. This is my, this is, yeah. But we're going to get that video done because maybe when you're 23 years old, we'll get it done. And then yeah. like, oh, look at Logan. It's like Logan growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Blast from the past. Yeah. We're, we're, we're experimenting with that thing they call vlogging. Yep. Yeah. Right. That we actually didn't have that many problems on that trip. No, like no, one I mean, flat tire, and that was well, one chain too. But other than that, that was. Uh, I saw somebody walking up to the door there. You have a gun? No, uh, it's my sister. It's your sister. Yeah. Logan said he was going to bring strippers to the show tonight because it's Tech Talk Taco Tuesday and strippers. But no, that's no. no. <laughs> Were you sleeping in the car? No. 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 Okay. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. Um, oh, we were talking about how the bikes didn't break. We ride yeah. adventure bikes. Uh, everybody does. Once in a while. You should. But, yeah. What, what, so what were our problems? Did we have a flat tire? We had one flat tire. That was in Idaho. Yep, and then... Oh, you don't have to leave. I'm going to go read my book. Oh, read your book. Yeah. Okay. You could sit in Fabio. Is that the chair? Yeah. Okay, I'll grab my book and then... Yeah, just as long as it doesn't make too much noise. It makes extra noise and we have to clip it. Okay. Um, It was my chain and your tire, I believe. So I got the flat tire. Yep. It's amazing how I put all the... Oh, that's right. I did a whole video on... How we had to set up all the cameras to change it. Yes. And time lapse and... Yeah. So that's that's 
Okay, so we did the tire change, and then oh, you you broke your mu- muffler, <clears throat> broke your oh, muffler yeah. mount. Remember, your bag fell off. Yep, and, and it caught in the tire, and it broke the muffler. And then we we used a fence to wire yep. it back together. Yep, and then yeah, the chain, which the stock chains in those things are suspect. Like yeah. they they it was amazing that mine held up for so long, but yours had a lot more miles on it. Your bike did. Yes. And it just, all of a sudden it gave up the ghost. It was stretching like every hundred miles. It needed a, yeah. A it, quick adjust. Well, it, it stretched in half of the, the chain. You remember how it did that? Yeah, it was, it was out around. Yes. That, that, that was super, super strange. I've replaced yeah. that chain. Those bikes haven't really gone very far since uh, they've been back here, but I did did replace the chain. Yeah, they got a good riding. And then Okay, next next any other any other questions on the Does he have an adventure bike question for us that maybe we could help him out with? Yeah. Thoughts on an old school nine ninety adventure R versus a new twelve ninety super adventure R. Whoa. I'm old school on this topic. Uh He's old school on the topic. So the 1290 is not old school. That's a modern bike that's fuel injected. There's a lot of computer. There's a lot of tuning. You can you can adjust the traction control. You can adjust the power level. It is crazy what you can do with the the nine the the, the new 1290 adventure. And it feels kind of it feels kind of big. It it sits low. You can sit in it, sit into it. It sits low, but it it it's a it feels like a big Balbio spike compared to the the 990 and 990 is pretty simple uh depends on what year i think you can get those without abs and all the other stuff so i mean my my 900 my uh, 950 is a little bit earlier than that has it's almost a dirt bike there's hardly anything on it no no abs no nothing no electronic anything carburetors the whole nine yards. So it sort of depends on, on what you're looking for. I mean, if you're old school and you like carburetors and all that stuff, I would go, uh, go old school. Well, nine nineties, I think were all fuel injected, but if you're going to get a nine ninety, get the last year. And if you can get one of those, the, the Baja editions, those are really good. I think it's even more old school. I think they actually left ABS off on that bike. If I remember correctly. Oh, um, Bike Mojo says, "What's your opinion on T two expansion chamber guards?" T two, which means two stroke, I guess. Yeah, well, I I would guess it's a company. T two, no, two T would usually reference two strokes, but I I don't have if it's a company, I don't have a okay any experience with that particular one. But so expansion. Expansion chamber. I'll bring a blast from the past. There was a company called the Bonsai Brothers, and I used to. They were. They were. There um, Their dad was also a fireman, like my dad, and they made these. They're still around. It's these. It's this stamp plate that kind of wraps and conforms to an expansion chamber. Is kind of like a rock guard, and so there's those kind of things. And you there. And then there's there's really bitch like Eline makes some really sano carbon fiber ones that literally. They, they pop onto the pipe. You still have to put hose clamps on them, but they pop on and protect the pipe. And then you see these monstrosities that are built into skid plates that literally they built this big aluminum skid plate and this big giant pipe chamber protector that God only knows what it does to the chassis as far as the handling goes and everything. But 
that seems like a better way to protect the pipe if that's what we want to do. Because when you start really protecting the pipe, when that load hits it, the pipe doesn't absorb. It's not like a like pipe's like a crush zone and it'll absorb some of it and it won't transfer it into the exhaust port and try to break the cylinder flange or the entire cylinder off of the engine cases. And I've seen both. I've seen guys hit rocks so hard that it that it the pipe doesn't crush the 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 pipe guard does its job and kind of helps the pipe keep some of its form until it breaks the cylinder and then everything starts crushing. Yeah, Cooper had that problem. He had a little guard on his and it broke the flange. Yeah. Exhaust flange. <laughs> well, the the cylinder. Oh, it broke the whole cylinder. Yeah, the the little where it meets. Yeah, that's that that's what the flange is called. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and it makes the cylinder pretty much useless unless mm-hmm. you got somebody who's a really good welder that can weld it without warping uh, the cylinder. Is that on the bike we rebuilt? I believe so. Did he keep riding it after the pipe broke off? Well, he got a new cylinder and then rode it. Oh, did so he didn't blow it up? I don't think so. I need to see the inside of that motor. I need to see the inside of that motor because I need to see those parts that we put into it. Oh, I think he sold it. Like, I don't think he wrote it. Oh, he needs to... Does he know who he sold it to? I don't think so. Oh, boy. Yeah. No wonder he doesn't want to come around. Yeah. Yeah, no wonder he doesn't want to come around. That guy has some unpaid bills around here. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so we won't be seeing him next season. Um, Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was the deal. I told him I'd, I'd get that bike fixed. We'd put it back together uh, a little late at night, unfortunately, so it didn't go as well as planned. But, yeah. like, those parts weren't free. Mm-mm. Yeah, and the idea was we were going to put them together, use them, and tear it apart and see how they how they lasted. So there goes a whole nother. This is a whole nother project down the drain. Next question. Asked... This on a Facebook form and got a lot of mixed answers. Two-stroke premix fuel used in four-stroke. Will it harm anything? How about short-term or long-term? Yes. Love answering these questions. Yep. like to put them to rest. But the good thing is this question will get asked in another form next week, and you'll get all the same answers from all over the, the field. So as someone who has done this multiple times, with carburetors and fuel injected in four strokes and two strokes and all different kinds of things, here's what I know from experience. For the most part, as long as you're putting a normally mixed, so I'm going to go all the way down to like 20 to 1, all the way up to 100 to 1, gas to oil mix inside of your four stroke and you just start running it, it's not going to hurt anything. It might change the jetting a little bit. Your four-stroke may smoke a little bit more. You might build carbon up, you know, especially if it's a really rich, you know, if it's a, it's a, if it's like down to 21, which is crazy. Nobody does that anymore. Like 32 to 1 is the 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 most oil I hear in gas anymore. Now it's more like 40 to 1 and 60 to 1 because we're starting to learn that these oils are much better and they do, you know, they they do plenty of lubricating at those at those levels. But so let's just say you're putting 40 to 1 fuel in a four-stroke. It's not going to hurt anything, whether it's a carburetor or a fuel-injected bike. Uh, Same thing, you know, like in a two-stroke, yes, you need it. (laughs) 
but the the so the, some people say, well, why would you be putting this in? So the reason I put it in was because with the ethanol and the gas, we are having a lot of water. You know, it, ethanol absorbs water, and then bikes would sit, and then it would separate, and then we were getting corrosion inside of the carburetors. Well, interestingly enough, someone who was smart said, hey, why don't you try putting some oil in the last gas tank? You know, the last gas tank, you run through it, put put two-stroke oil in there. And so we were running at like 40, 50 to 1. It wasn't, we weren't too particular about it. Running that through there, and that oil goes in there and starts coating the carburetor. You know, got in there and splashed around in the carburetor, and lo and behold, it actually kind of protected, like especially the pilot jets plugged a lot less frequent hmm. than if there was no oil run through it. And then they would be able to survive, you know, two, three months of sitting without without having a problem. But as you know, it gets very hot out here. And then we started, and I kind of thought maybe if, if a little's good, maybe a little bit more is better. So I started putting down to like 32 to one ish in yeah. there to think maybe it would work even better. But then especially if the gas ever started evaporating off, would it leave clumps of oil? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, this blob in the bottom of the float bowl. And so maybe we went a little bit too far on that. Um, but when I took carburetors apart, my two strokes never plugged up, but then they have a bigger pilot jet. They don't have as many cavities inside the carburetor and things. So I would say putting like, 80 to one in a four stroke to preserve the carburetor probably not a bad thing. I wouldn't run it. I, there's no need to run it all the time. I don't think you're going to get any extra advantage out of it. I had heard in some of the racing days of the four strokes, especially in the old four strokes that people had done this because the fork strokes were getting hot and seizing. And so, um, they, they tried this, but uh, you know, on a modern four-stroke, they're so good at oiling and they're squirting oil all over the place. I don't think that uh, this is something that you would need to do, but it's not like going to instantly plug your fuel injector or wreck your fuel pump. Hell, KTM is now on their new TBI two-strokes that are XC and SX, you run premix in it. The Extreme Enduro guys, from what I understand, last year and the year before, even their TPI bikes, were they'd removed the oil injection system and were running premix in this so it, as long as that oil is a good oil that mixes in with the gasoline you're you should not have any problems with it um it's just you know i i don't i, I was curious what the so it's not going to hurt anything as long as you're within an acceptable range and 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 uh i, I would wonder what the the reasoning for it like you know, if you come to a place where you can only get gas and it's you only have two stroke gas available, premix two stroke gas, don't be afraid, just run it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt anything. If you're doing it to kind of preserve the life of something, maybe, you know, a little oil on certain parts doesn't really hurt. Uh so you know, don't don't run, you know, pure castor oil and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, get a good get a good synthetic, a good mixing oil that mixes good or you know the injector oils are usually a little bit thinner, so you know maybe that, those would those would help out. They mix a little bit easier. Um, Paul Briston about the adventure bike. Mm-hmm. He he has the twelve ninety now, and he's like he wants the twenty thirteen Dakar edition nine ninety. Twenty thirteen Dakar edition nine ninety. Yep. I'm trying to remember what that was don't it's i think it was a baja 
like, but that might have been a, okay. So 2013, yeah, that would have been maybe a, a Dakar edition. So the, I think it, it was a 2016 was the was the Baja winner if, if I remember correctly. I, it's hard for me to remember all these years. I think that it's okay. You should just get a Tenere 700. Uh, Yamaha. Go to yamahamotorsports.com, click on the Tenere link, and uh, just check out you know whether you want a blue one or a black one. Yep. And they, they have they even have the white and red one, I believe. That that's probably the best one for you, unless you know you've got your eye on this Dakar one, which is probably a pretty decent bike. I actually did a little comparison a couple months ago. I went back to back riding my KTM 950 and my Tenere, and was really surprised at how good that KTM 950 was at a lot of things. It's it's surprising that a bike that old can kind of hold up. And I think we just went off into outer space trying to build this sort of perfect adventure bike. Everybody wanted more power and lower seat height and better suspension and bigger fuel capacity and more electronic controls. And none of those things went together very well. So we may have built some pretty horrendous adventure bikes trying to come to the ideal one, which my preferred bike is the Tenere 700. Even if Yamaha wasn't sponsoring this show right now. Uh, Paul, he likes the dual exhaust. And also, the Tenere doesn't have the 990 power. But Correct. Yeah. And correct. Uh, so I, on my 950, I have a single exhaust because I needed more fuel capacity. So my where my other muffler used to go is now an extra gas tank So because it has plenty of power. And when... So the question I have for Paul is like, so when he's wide open, like on his uh, whatever, whichever adventure bike. Yeah. And I'm just going to pause there and then he can continue. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the last time I was really wide, wide open ever. I mean, other than when I was really just trying to go wide open. Yeah. You know what I rode this? I wrote, well, I, you know this. I rode that watercraft, that Yamaha watercraft. What's that thing called? Uh, super jet. Super. Is that called a super jet? Yeah, no, the, the, the no the four stroke one with a 400, 300 horsepower, the one like oh, your dad has. What's that thing oh, called? Oh, that's the GX or something. Dude, eighteen hundred cc motor. Yep. Dude, like, okay, so I'm gonna tell you the story about. So, so we went, we took a took a weekend off and went did some water crafting at the river. Uh, these guys had this one and your dad had one. I saw it earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so he says, you got to ride one of these things. It's gnarly. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I have, I have one that's like an 1100 has an R1 motor and it's plenty fast. It gets up and goes. And so another guy was riding around on one of these and, and everybody's talking about how fast it is. 300 horsepower. I'm like, why do you need 300 horsepower? Like this, mine probably has a hundred and something and it already just cavitates and spins up and does all this stuff. So, so like, you should ride that. And like I, I go, yeah, you can ride it. And so I go hop on it. And they, they push me out. And I'm going to just go give it a – I'm just going to do a quick little spin. And they're like, hey, put that strap on. Yeah. The the one that, that – you know, so the, so the kill switch is connected to your wrist. So when you fall off, the, the thing pulls out. And I didn't scream like a little bitch when I gassed it. But let me tell you, I have not accelerated that hard since I was on a really fast – road racing sport bike yep. with really good traction. This thing just took off and I only went like half throttle maybe before I had to lift and just went, whoa. 
Like, what is it going to do? Because it yeah. really, it really hadn't even come up on plane yet. So fast. Yeah. Well, my first time, I almost screamed like a little girl from because my feet went. The only thing that kept me back on, like onto it, was my thighs hit the handlebars. Like, I just got <laughs> you rolled back. Yeah, no, I got just thrown <laughs> off the back, and then I somehow caught myself with my thighs. So it was, it was, I, you know, I was kind of ready for it because they told me it was going to be fast, but I was absolutely blown away by how, like, how much traction it got uh-huh. and how it accelerated. And and I just I just was laughing and I'm looking back at him. I'm like, thanks for telling me to put this thing on. You guys yeah. are right because I didn't expect this. Mm-hmm. And then I went and like twisted the throttle on the like this thing's like a top fuel dragster on the water. Again, Yamaha, Yamaha, um, you know, motorsports. This would have to be water sports. They have a whole di- division for that. Like if you ever got that much traction on the dirt, that would be insane. Oh, yeah. I, I can't I can't explain to like the the acceleration. It's that giddy you just get giddy because it's mm-hmm. you're like on a dragster i don't know how that normal people can buy that you should have to have some sort of special license yeah the fact that they rent those to the the teletubbies that are all riding around at the rental places uh, yeah so okay uh so yeah well anyways back to the holding the throttle wide open how much power do you really you really need and yeah when you're going down the highway and stuff and and my one of my only only real um Issues with my Tenere is that when I get on the highway and I want start want to start really breaking the law, you know, going too fast, it uses a lot of fuel. It 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 it's not that it doesn't go that fast. It just uses a lot of gas when you start. You know, it's just a seven hundred. It's not a nine hundred or a twelve hundred or whatever. So, uh, but I'm trying to ride it less on the road. That's my whole goal is to you know find more dirt ways to get to where I want to go. Hence, adventure riding. Okay, Logan, it looks like it's time for us to do a quick commercial break. Okay. Hey, we have some rooster endos. Did you ever get the other ones filled in? I, I did didn't, not. Didn't see I them. Only okay. Got three. So we have um, just a few rooster endos for you. And uh, somebody's going to win 100 bucks tonight, I think. Mm-hmm. I hope if they're good. So go to the commercial break and uh, we'll see you on the backside. Uh, this one. Oh, how do you do oh, it? Oh, not that one. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Hey, we're live again. Hello, check one, two. Uh, I was getting instructions on how to use an iPhone. So I'm still learning this thing. I got a new one 
and uh, not working. So that get, that's a perfect segue into – I just turned my phone. Now look at that. It's got a flashlight. How's that? What are you on? I don't know. It says add new wallpaper. I don't want to oh, do any of this yeah. stuff. Yeah, click that. No, click center. center right there. Like yep. that? And then – Oh, there's a flashlight right there. It. You have to hold it now? Yep. Man, I liked it better when I just had to like adjust – points on a xr75 to make it go faster you know what i'm talking about logan i don't because that was not my remember that honda spree thing that you had oh yeah no that thing that thing rips that had points ignition right oh, it did didn't didn't i come over and help you tune it one day yeah we just took the air screw out Actually, or i put no i put the air screw back in um well it fell fell out on testing so <laughs> <laughs> you still have that yeah the the battery's toast on it so i gotta find a new one yeah don't use that thing around town because you'll probably go to jail on that one too yeah uh, yeah does your dad want to call in and find out how your uh how your detention is going now that we've got both of you little criminals in the house here uh hey i'm uh we'll go to the small small screen here got my product of the week for 50 years, FMF has been tuning dirt bikes into the ultimate pro-level racing machines. If you see a bike with the classic red and yellow FMF logo on it, you know it's fast. We designed this FMF factory motocross bike to power your imagination and invite you to ride with our team. Enjoy the bike and become part of the FMF championship history. Go to FMFRacing.com. Follow them at FMF Instagram. FMF seventy three. Uh, this thing retails for thirty three dollars, and uh, I think you can find it. Who knows where you can find it? It's an officially licensed uh, little toy. I don't know if I should take it out of the out of the box. Does it make uh, it less valuable? Yeah, if you're planning on selling it eventually. Do you, do you think this will become a collector's item? It could. Because FMF, I'm older than FMF, which is kind of funny. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy to you, isn't it? <laughs> I was a washed-up racer before you were twinkling your dad's eyes. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. It's a Husky. It's got the 73 on it. I wonder if you push on the swing arm like you do on Travis's bike if it does throws revs. I don't think so. Um, You're not supposed to eat this either, Logan. That's you, why they put it for five and older. Okay. Yeah. Did uh, It's a 112th. Die cast, let's say die cast with plastic. It says uh, it's a choking hazard, <laughs> like most motorcycles. Did you ever choke on a motorcycle? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, you never tried to eat eat your motorcycle. I might have, because you were of the age when we had the 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 lead ban. On yeah. remember when they had to stop selling child's motorcycle or you know kid bikes? Yes. There was yeah. a whole time, there's two or three years where they were like, they said they had too much lead, lead in them. Uh huh. Did you ever try to, that's the question I, I have because this Consumer Product Safety Commission is all about, now they're after one wheels, by the way. Yes. Your other favorite thing. So your yeah. whole life will be disrupted by the compu computer, Consumer Product Safety Commission. Can't even say it. They, they try to take motorcycles away from you. Now they're yes. going to work on one wheels. Yep. So you, you, you allegedly ate some parts of your motorcycle when you were a kid. 
I could have. Could have. Definitely yeah. could have. And you're still here. Brake lever too. Um, <laughs> you didn't chew on the batteries because that was the big concern. Was that the batteries had lead in them and you would eat it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I don't know if I broke into the double AA, uh, bin at, in our house, but I could have. Well, that those they didn't outlaw batteries. No. Just motorcycles and BMX bikes and big wheels and all that other kind of stuff. Um, so that's our product of the week, out of the way. Of course, double take mirrors. Yes. Because Logan can't get that video done for me. Uh, double take mirrors, the best option. So like we do adventure bikes, um, these are the best ones to put on your adventure bike. They're way better than the stock ones. And you can take them right off. Actually, the good thing is uh, double take mirrors mount on ram mount balls. And so I have a ram mount on each corner. And so if I want to take this off and put like a phone mount or a phone mount or charger a trail tech voyager or trail tech voyager i have everything on ram mounts it just makes such a sano system double take mirror.com uh okay you can always check us out at jimmy lewis off-road.com too if you need to learn how to become a better rider that's where i teach you how to turn the throttle farther even on your adventure bike yes uh do we have any other questions that have popped into the chat as far as um, you're aware of mark johnson asked uh, on the a follow up to the premix question, mm-hmm. have you ever ran mixed motor oil like twenty weight or fifty weight or whatever? No, in gas. Yeah. Oh, or have I mixed it inside of engines? Uh, mixed in gas in a two stroke in a pinch. No, no. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I haven't done that. But uh, would the motor survive? I'm trying to think if I ever did it when I was a kid because I did a lot of stupid stuff when I was a kid just to be able to go riding. Like I would be out of two-stroke oil, and my dad always goes, my dad would say, "Did you? Is it is it mixed? Did you mix it?" And I could see, and I'm trying to remember back. I could see a time when I would have put, you know, because oil back then oil was oil. Yeah, oil, yeah. It's just oil. Yeah, I put oil in it just so I could go ride because it was it was. I wasn't really allowed to ride my two-stroke when I was that young. Like, the two-stroke was the race bike. I had my XR80 to go riding on. But, like, I remember, I think we kind of negotiated. Like, I would get, like, one day a week I would be able to ride my two-stroke, my race bike, essentially, to practice on because it was so different. I don't know if I ever did it. I don't I don't think so. I, I don't remember a time doing this. Would it Would it work? That's a question for Chris Reel. He could, he could tell us. I Like I said, it's not the ideal thing, but I imagine oil and oil-like qualities kind of carry on. But I've put tequila in brake systems before uh, and hydraulic clutch systems. Or no, it was hydraulic clutch system. I put I, – that was all – that was the only liquid I had on me. Um, and I could either process it and then put it in a little bit later or put it in straight. And I just said, this is a liquid. I'm putting it in there because I, I had to go. So um, that worked in a pinch in a hydraulic clutch once. But I'm trying to think of other non-proper fluids. Uh, I know at the magazine we had a lot of people that would mess up putting brake fluid in slave cylinders that required hydraulic oil and vice versa, yeah. not knowing any better. Uh, it wasn't me. It was other people. Of, um, I would say lesser attention spans and or mechanical aptitude. So, do you want to get right into the uh, the everybody's favorite segment? 
Sure. Because there's probably at least three people that are watching this show for no other reason than to have their bike shown on Takomoto's Roost or Endo. Takomoto has everything you need for any bike you need, and they're so stoked on this show, they give us $100 to give to you so that you can get more stuff for your bike. And you're going to do this all on the screen over there? Yep. I'm pretty happy about this. I hope it goes well. How's the rest of the show been going? If you're in the chat room right now, comment on how Logan is doing. By the way, does it does anybody remember Logan from his hosting days, co-hosting days? That's a that's another um, question. Because my my buddy um, Tim, who was the only guy that was concerned that uh, he was the only guy that was concerned that the show wasn't up on podcasting because he can't stand to look at me for um, two hours. <laughs> He he also felt like he was a better co-host than you. Do you, do you have any do you have any comments or rebuttals on that? Um, he probably said more than ten words, so he's doing all right. You're gonna give in that easy. He well, didn't have he didn't have any hard names to pronounce like we yeah, used to. We yeah, used to have. Oh boy, those were those were rough. I never I didn't give him like I gave Marco yep. my buddy Marco last week. I gave him a couple of the marketing emails where people wanted to make motorcycle grips with our name on them or they were going to yep. build us a motorcycle with dirt bike test on it he he didn't know where those were coming from he had a hard time reading those but marco can just talk easily and and so can tim and tim is also a really good motorcycle mechanic so he has he has that up on you too so okay where are we starting with what do we got what's up uh, on the screen greg russell okay oh, cl- click cancel greg click Yep. Good. Is it up on the screen? Yes. Is everybody watching it? Yeah. Okay. What do we got? A, you got the this. this oh, writing. I'm supposed to read it off now. <laughs> wow, you're really passing the buck here, bud. Well, so Greg Russell, 2020 KTM 500 XCFW, Washington State plated, a seat comfort comfort XL. He calls it a couch. A Cherby's 3.1 gas tank. Flex bars and handguards, Scott Stamper, Recluse Radius CX Clutch, Takamoto Power Commander, PMB end cap with spark arrestor, P3 pipe guard, molecule skid plate, Metis XT755 rear and C19 front, Nitro mooses, and he uses the vice grips during the install. Do you know about this technique for installing mooses, Logan? This is a good thing to bring up. What? Using vice grips during the install. I have used them. Yeah, so you clamp them on. Yeah. And this this is the kind of thing you want to do if you're not super happy with... Uh, I'm, I'm not looking at the screen over here. I want to look at it real quick. Can you zoom in on his uh, on his bike there? I can. Because it's, it's pretty far out there. I like to comment on the photos, and so I'm checking this one out. Oh, uh, it's, it, um, I, I want to see the bike a little closer. I want to see how scratched up the rims are. But as you can see, he's riding in some, uh, we'll call it Pacific Northwest-ish looking conditions. Uh, It's probably wet and muddy there. Wouldn't it be bitching to ride out to wherever that is? Yeah. that Look at that. It's got somebody's hunting camp or something like this. It looks super solid. But when you, you, so what you do is you, you set the vice grip like to open up. So when you clamp it down, it clamps down a little bit um, 
more wider than the rim, but you kind of pinch it and it kind of catches the corner of the rim. And then that curved portion of the vice grip acts as a guide to, to, to get the, the bead to slide down on the back side. So kind of depending on how many vice grips you have, you know, I used to do it this way back in the early, early days, I would clamp vice grips on. I put like five or six kind of spread around three quarters of the tire before it started getting really tight and then it would pull it down in. So if you don't care about what your rims look like, and, and in this case, his are probably always covered in mud, so it's no big deal, you can use uh, some vice grips to get in there. And he has no disc guards, which is an okay thing for the front, but in the rear, I, I like a disc guard. So looks like a... I mean, that seat is so comfortable, it's casting a shadow on his side panel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm liking this bike mostly for the sole reason of I want to go ride there. That looks Me too. Really it looks fun. Really sweet. He's got some firewood stacked up in the corner over there so you camp out and have a fire. Get bit by some mosquitoes, Logan. Remember those days? Yep, yep. Right. Was... I won't sing a campfire song to you. That's a little nope, weird. No, you did not. Nope. <laughs> so uh, what do you say? Pretty good bike. So bike. is that a roost or is that an endo? Um... I don't really know what our, our grading scale is recently, so... You think it's changed? Okay, then it's, it's just over roost. It's just like, just over roost? Yeah, like... Like 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 a mini a mini roost? Five-eighths into the... Five-eighths. Endo is zero, five-eighths over. And, well, endo would be five... If it was a scale of ten... Oh, then seven. A seven. Yeah. Okay, so that's roost. So if it was a five, it would be teetering between roost and endo. Yeah. You wouldn't know where yeah. it was going to go. So once you're at six, you're you're roost, but uh, like a light roost, mm-hmm. and you're going to go with a seven. Yep. Okay. I bet you this guy is a big lumberjack guy. He's probably really proud of this bike, and he may want to come and wring your neck. Well, the only reason that Greg's not better. Greg Russell. Could could be a seven two guy with hands like that he could wrap around the entire tire, which would easily fit around your neck. Yeah, yeah, it definitely yeah. would. <laughs> okay. So what why what's the uh, what's the hold up on a full roost? Um no no uh chain uh oh, no, chainsaw. No cha- <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Unless that's good, I you know what I'm right there no with mount. you. No mount, no, no mount for a chainsaw. How do you yeah. know he wasn't the guy that asked the chainsaw question? He's looking at getting a good one later. Because I, I remembered the name. I okay. Think. okay, I think good. I think it wasn't him. Okay, well, so you're saying that this guy would have won unequivocally if he had a chainsaw mount on it. Not, not for sure, but definitely okay. higher. Got, got two more bikes to go, and just yeah. think of all of you people that could have got into this contest so easy tonight just by submitting. Your bike. On to the next one, Logan. Um, okay. Uh, Brian Skules. Brian Skules. Ryan. Yep. Sick. Secules. Secules. Okay. 2020 Sherco 300E Factory Edition. An FMF fatty that had the dents removed a handful of times and a turbine core 2.1 silencer 
<laughs> you can see that pipe. You can you can look at the heat signatures on that thing. That's getting some mileage out of it. Uh, yeah. Put it back up there. There we go. I need. To, I like to see that too. What are you doing there? I don't want to look at his jacket. I want to look at the bike. Well, no, that's that's not live. That's, oh, that's not live. Yeah, that's a couple seconds back. Okay, but yeah. uh, did it creep off the screen during the show? Did it like go away and then come back? Yeah, because I can't get the the, the sizing? sizing while it's un. Your 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 mentor didn't help you out with this. Well, it's just not there, so I don't. Think okay, he, got it. Yeah. TMD skid plate and chain guide, Polysport case savers, Sherco parts, rear discard, Nitro Moose bibs, stock suspension aside from lighter spring rates for my weight, XC Gear Mako 360 bar mounts and Enduro Engineering flag style handguards, Bulletproof Designs radiator guards, extra shout out to those guys. The first set I had on this bike I bent after... Hitting the second deer, and they sent me new ones to replace it, which is awesome company. I couldn't agree more. Bulletproof designs. Imagine what your radiators would look like with the imprint of a deer head in them, that, and then yeah. and then squirting water out. Uh huh. That's and the fact that you got a second set and were able to bolt them on shows that they did their jobs. Mm-hmm. I, okay, here's the other thing. I like that he's just flaunting that Sherco in front of the fleet of KTM's that yeah. he has in the background. Yeah. Uh, so his garage is in there. He's got his number plates from some different rides and events up there. Pretty clean, small shop, clean shop. Looks like a mudroom in a, in my uh, estimation. I'm looking for, I'm, I'm closely looking at, the, he's got a solid rear rotor. I wonder if those bikes come so- stock with that. I'm liking this I bike. Know. I like this bike a lot. I think it's, I think it's cool. looks like it gets used. Yep. Um, I actually Sherco reached out reached out to us and asked if we wanted to come and do an intro, which is really cool. Uh, so we might be and Trevor's like all there. He's like, I want to go ride Sherco's. So um, I said we, I wanted a bike out here so I could test it the way we usually test them. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, what's this for you, Logan? Um, I like the the background. I don't like. The two KTM's on the right because mm. they they suck to work on and oh but, wow but that that shouldn't demote too much but I'm gonna say like six point five six oh, less roost than the other one I like the 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 background of the uh, other place yeah I'm just kind of this place looks a little backwoods and in like. He's got his jacket hanging up. This guy's mm-hmm. ready. To, this guy looks like he's ready to ride. Bike looks like it's. I can't tell if the tank's full, but it looks kind of full. I'm ready to go with this. I something about this says this guy knows where to ride, how to ride. I'm I'm claiming that one in the corner is a. You can't really see, but it has the impression of a like a 2004 KTM 200. I don't know if the other one next to it just has this sort of four stroke feel. I don't know why to it. It it reminds me of the. All the RFS bikes that you, yeah. that I used to make you clean the carburetors on. Uh-huh. Yeah, all those fun fun bikes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they don't run if you don't work on them. No, they don't. Okay, next one up. Um, the other guy. The other guy. You can't see his name. Oh, yet. You, oh, you. Um, Tom Morgan. Morgan. Yes. Yeah. So he has a 2003 YZ250 Big Bore. Is that going to go up in the screen here yeah. soon? Eventually. That's good. 
It has the 295cc cylinder and head. Boyko tuned the trued the crank Jeez. to less than one gazillionth of an inch and run it out so it purrs like a sewing machine. Uh, we're going to make that a little smaller, maybe? I did. Okay. I'm watching it happen in uh, in fake time, right? Yep. There you go. <laughs> there go. That's live. WPC fully treated transmission. 18-inch rear wheel, gusseted chain guide mounts, hide skid plate, 3.1-gallon tank, 49-millimeter Showa conventional forks. Off of a DRZ 400, right? <laughs> That's what they look like. That's the, so I was I was all in. I was just going, oh, this thing's set up really good. That's that's a really good. Set. And then I go, what? <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see it until I looked at the photo closer. Magura four piston radio mount front caliper for pinky level stopping power. Well said. Keyhole 1.5 millimeter carbore, top half board only, weighted flywheel. That is an interesting bike. And I the forks have just confused the hell out of me. Yep. Uh, I don't know what they're off, especially the fact that they have radial mounts on them, which is which is wild. This looks like my buddy. Well, remember I told you I want to get my buddy Chip. <laughs> yeah, he does this kind of stuff, <laughs> which which this commands explanation because I'm completely, I'm literally, completely. Does he talk about his handlebars or anything like that? Not really, because I'm I'm just wondering like what's on top, what he's using for bar. What was the whole reason for going down the conventional fork swap rabbit hole? Maybe he just likes some more. Uh, could be. I mean, I mean, in two thousand and three, I'm trying to think. You know, the Yamaha suspension wasn't really that good until. Yeah, it was. It was getting a lot better around this time. It was really, really improving. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a nice photo. I mean, it, it's it's a decent photo. It's, it's got the light on it and everything yeah. like that. It's un, unlike some of the shop photos. Shop looks clean. It's got some. Trophies and stuff in the background. Uh, I don't. I don't really like where that front brake cable goes. The mount on it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of scary. Uh, where Where's this one for you, Logan? I like the the conventional forks. Oh, you do. They're a little weird, unorthodox, and. He upgraded the brakes, but demoted the suspension, which is kind of well, weird but cool. Yeah, I can see. You know, so four piston. What he's got is he's got it. He's got brake pads that are squeezing from both sides. Yes. So it's it's uh, it it would be it could be uh, very very strong. I, I like that. Maybe this is a. I, I don't want to call it an endo just because you could grab the front brakes really hard in an endo, right? Yeah. This guy he's done I. I need a little more explanation. Although I'm going to go, I'm going to go roost on this particular bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. Got to be careful with those stands, though. Though, um, they, they, the scissor stands. I don't like. I always worry about my fingers or my toes on those on those suckers. 
So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go endo on this one. What's your What's your number ranking, by the way? Um, I I don't know. It's so so weird and different that. Does it look like he's polished the tires? He likes his rims. Right. Definitely say that. Yeah. And then, I, I wonder if he's polished the tire because I'm looking at the they're they're really clean. I mean, actually, that whole yeah. shop is like almost too clean. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing enough stains on the floor to be well. The cart's got wheels on it, so maybe he rolled it into the clean zone. Yeah the the mat behind it's got doesn't look too fresh. Right. But. Hmm. I'm going. I'm going roost as well. I think we got triple roost okay. here. And now it comes down to uh, who gets the who gets the cold hard cash, Logan. Yeah. Brought to you by Taco Moto. What's your pick? Uh I think that's all you. It's all me. Yeah. Well, I, I at least want you to pick something so I can disagree with it. And then, well, and then just to completely annihilate your pick. I I already know which one, and there's a real good reason why. If we got an explanation on the conventional forks, I'm going to say that YZ. Okay. Well, we don't have that. Yeah. And and this is the thing I'd like to improve on Rooster Endo is, is everybody puts the list down, but sometimes you just have to throw that little extra bit into your description. And so the first bike, the one that was in the place I wanted to ride, everything's good, pretty standard. Yeah. I was going to go with that one. The Sherco, Ryan... Secules Sherco is the one that I'm gonna pick. Are any of these guys in the chat? By the way, uh, Greg is. Greg is in there. Yep. The the lumberjack that should wring your neck. Yeah, actually, he does have a chainsaw. He does have a chainsaw. Yep, it's on his <laughs> other bike. So <laughs> I, I I like that, Greg. I appreciate yep. that. Um, I'm actually gonna pick Ryan, and here's here's the reason, is because I look at his pipe, and he's 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 saving some money by constantly blowing that thing back out. So I, I feel that that taco motor certificate was, would go to help him uh, get another pipe or get another bike kind of fixed up and stuff. And he called out and I don't want to make this a priority or think you're going to get put in first. One of our sponsors, Bulletproof designs for just a good shout out. Cause the, the company treated him right. Yep. And that's super awesome that, uh, you know he's he's calling he's calling on one of our sponsors an awesome company. I just want people to know that the reason why our sponsors are our sponsors is because I believe they're awesome companies as well. So uh, Ryan, uh, please reach out to Matt at JimmyLewisOffRoad.com, uh, and that's an email Matt at JimmyLewisOffRoad.com, and let him know that you won. You're probably going to have to. Let him know like three or four times because he doesn't. He's not that invested in the show. He just likes dressing up really sharp and thinking yep. things are going to go yep. better because of that. Any other questions? Um, we have the we have the ones on the oh, might have another in the chat. Oh yeah, we had those ones on the list as well. No, the notes. If you have those, also, I don't know what I did with them. I was probably playing with them here, and I screwed them up. Uh, that one by me. No, that's, that's I didn't drop them on the floor. <laughs> Where did the set of notes go? Uh, did you leave them? I didn't go anyplace. I haven't left my. I've I've been a good boy, and I haven't left my chair. 
Well, did you not take them over here? I did. No, they were here. I was look. I was staring at them for a long time, wondering when we were gonna. Oh, I found them. Okay. I folded some. I fidgeted and folded some papers. But I'm sorry. Do you have these questions, Logan? I don't. Why but don't I you, can pull them up. Why don't you go ahead and read them to me? Oh. Okay. Because uh, I'm thirsty. And you know, remember what your original job was on this show? Yeah. Yeah, it was a very fun one, and I think I need to get back into it. Oh, back into answering the questions? Yeah. Okay. Well, don't worry. Just here. Do what you're supposed to do. On the Tenere 700 vlog, mm-hmm. number three. I just recorded vlog number seven today, um, and I'll try to get that up real soon if you're if you're an- anxiously awaiting you know, the next installment of the incredible Tenere 700 vlog. Road Racer says, thanks for the setup advice. Did you find that winding fork, winding the fork rebound clickers gets very tight, turning right, but never actually stops or bottoms out? I just stop cranking right in fear of breaking something. It does not stop if I back it out all the way soft. Why is this? Okay, so on the on the Tenere forks, the compression, the rebound adjusters have what we'll call a soft stop. So it's not like a li- uh, you know complete lockout. Although if you turn it tight enough, you will lock it out. What you're doing is there's a needle on some threads that's running up through you know some ceiling O rings and stuff. And as you righty tighty, you know, so you're tightening it, so you're slowing down the rebound as you run it up there. When you get to what we call like, you know, two click, one click, zero click, you know, you're closing it down. It starts getting, it starts getting, you know, stiffer. And if, if you have to force it, there's a point where you kind of, you're just click, 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 click. And then you notice you kind of have to force it to get the next click. You, you're able to get that click, but that's zero. Like it, yep. it will turn harder if you want to keep cranking on it, but at that point you're ramming that needle up into the into its into its orifice and it's closing. So so yeah, you you don't want to go past that. So it's where it clicks naturally. And if if you're at zero click or one click, you get to one and you don't go to zero and you start and that's quote your zero, you start there, it's not gonna make a huge difference. You're kind of in the same range. But as long as you're not wedging it shut, and you have to be really careful, especially on shocks that have a certain type of rebound adjuster. The old old WP shocks were notorious for you're able to wedge that needle all the way in there and then literally get it stuck because it was like kind of a two-piece, um, two, two parts that you would push the needle in there and then the screw would just come unscrewed and there was nothing there. So um, careful with that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, so get it down to zero one and that's your zero and then count outwards from that. So when you start, you know, close it up zero and then go one, two, three, four, you know, start clicking it out, but, uh, don't try to get negative one clicks. (laughs) Does that, does that answer his question? Yeah, I think so. Okay. The KTM 390 full test mountain Bayou. Maybe this isn't the place for it, but I would like to know a little more about how home maintenance compares to similar bikes from the top four. Is it a PITA, P-I-T-A, to do a valve adjustment and a oil and change the oil? You did mention the air filter, also the availability of the aftermarket 
parts. Windshield, risers, bat. Bags, 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 yeah, yep, etc. So, uh, we did a, a a modified one, an aftermarket. You know, we did a modified uh, three ninety adventure update. So that would be a more appropriate one where you could see what we did. And since then, we've done a little bit more. We just haven't updated it. Uh, I think we, you know, we made some social posts and different things. So you just have to follow us. You know, tell a friend, share, like, comment, whatever. But uh, so oil changes on that bike are actually relatively easy. Uh, it, I, I believe it's a single. I believe it's a single drain plug, and I don't remember it being that difficult. The oil filter is two bolts, and oil filter pops out if I remember correctly. But I haven't had to do them that much. I think we did them before we went to Idaho and rode them back, and I might yeah. have done them afterwards. Or did I make you do it? Did I ever make you do a service on one of those? I did a oil change on one it was simple right yeah kind of so simple you hardly remember it well i overfilled it so i remember <laughs> it <laughs> all right yeah. uh yeah easy easy to work on but uh yeah you know keep uh keep following but yeah we have a modified one we talk about that i think we've raised the bars a little bit and boy did that make a difference between my bike and your bike yes yeah so much more comfortable with the slight we we actually kind of had to mickey mouse the the bar risers uh, with some different parts, but it, it worked out. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, taller screens. Do we do? Do we have a taller screen in one of the bikes? Taller it's, windscreen. Yeah, it's been a while since I. Uh, we had one set in the like. I think they're. Oh, they're adjustable. Yeah. Yeah, we had one set in the high position and one set in the lower. Right. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure there's all that kind of stuff available now. Um, you know, the bike's been around; it'll be around for a while. KTM just announced the newer one with spoked wheels, kind of like a, we modified our wheels to spoked wheels uh, as opposed to mag wheels, which I think is a, a good thing. And uh, yeah, what do we have? Some questions coming up in the chat right now. I saw. Um, uh, Paul Brinson says a big help to spray some. W- WD-40 on the adjuster before adjusting and when fished, cover the adjusters with silicone to keep the dirt out. They literally peel off the next time you need to adjust. What are we talking about? Adjusters on the the Tenere? suspension? Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to think of... I've never had to squirt a lubricant on the on the the fork rebound adjusters and stuff. But yeah, I could see that, you know, probably couldn't hurt, you know, any sort of water displacing stuff would make a big, uh, big help. Okay. Next, next question. Um, Oh, we have one. Oh, in the chat dirt bike ass ideal gearing on a 16 KTM 500 for double track and some road, not much single track, but every once in a while. So what I would do is I would go a 50-tooth rear sprocket, and then I would have the option of going 14 and 15 on the counter shaft. So so most of my wheels have a 50 or a 52 sprocket, 50 or 52 teeth sprocket, but I also have some that have 48s. And with the KTM 
axle adjuster, it's really easy. If you have multiple wheels, it in two teeth increments, you can adjust it. And I know that I really, really like for non, so more rally type stuff, non single track riding, I like the 1448. And so a 1550 would be like a 1451. I mean, uh, 1447, I'm sorry. Because uh, it's like one in the front is usually like three in the rear. So I would I would say 1550 would probably be the ideal thing. But if that's too much, then 1450, you can try that. And if that doesn't work, then you can start working on the rear sprocket to, to, to fine tune it. Because now you're, you're within this three tooth range to figure it out. I don't know if the 16 still came geared kind of awkward, but if it starts out with a, if it starts out with a 48, if you already have a 48, depends on what you already have in the rear 48, maybe try 1448. And if you like that, then you're closer to 1551. I think. Yes. Math. Enjoy it. Right, Logan? Yes. Okay. Did all that? Did my numbers match up? My ratios? You're the uh, one that threw out five eights earlier. Yeah, that's that's fractions, not. <laughs> that's all gearing is fourteen fifty and fifteen fifty one. Those are fractions, essentially. They come they come out to a gear ratio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Math. Uh huh. Enjoy it. <laughs> the. Uh, KTM Freeride long-term wrap-up. AG says, this bike can belong at your local short trails when you want to ride for 30 to an hour, but this bike could never go to the actual wilderness trails, so it doesn't stack up to a traditional mountain bike and most definitely does not stack up to a traditional trail bike. So you use the W word, the wilderness word. Of course, he didn't capitalize it, so it's not true wilderness. But um, just be very careful when they throw this W word around, wilderness, wilderness. Wilderness means no motorized, no mechanized. So no motorcycles and no mountain bikes and no wheelchairs and no chainsaws, nothing. And uh, they try to get you comfortable with the, the wilderness spelled with a small W. So when they throw a big W capital W in front of it, you're like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Let's protect it, which means let's lock it up. And I'm all for wilderness, but I think if you go into the wilderness, you should go in there the way that you were created. And that means no iPhones, no shoes, no pants. Just go in like the animals. Yep. And then and then tell me how much you like wilderness. So let's be careful throwing the W word around. Um, KTM Freeride, is not a mountain bike. And when I did my video on it, I kind of talked about how I had some mountain bike riders ride the bike because KTM put the brakes up on the handlebars. And which is awkward to me because I want, you know, as a motorcycle. So they said, no, no, we're kind of trying to appeal to a different audience. So I took it to some mountain bikers, which thought at its $12,000 price, it was pretty affordable which is crazy because everybody on the motorcycle side said, man, this is priced ridiculous. So that was more of the, just to get a, a spin on it. And then at the time, like electric bikes, and they still are electric mountain bikes were still all the rage. And this thing will annihilate an electric mountain bike. Um, 
like pretty much in every, like we'll call it, um, high performance speed jumping. It's a dirt bike, you know, when it when it comes to that one compared to a bicycle. But when you compare it to a regular motorcycle, it's like a one twenty five that only has three gears. You get first, second, and third, and then it you're done. It doesn't have any more power. So that's 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 where I was with that. But um, to to say that it's not good at anything, I think it has a really. I think I think electric bikes in general have a place. We just haven't. I don't think they're totally ready for prime time, and uh, they're they're getting there. You seen a Stark yet? Are Starks everywhere yet? I heard that uh, there was someone signing with them, but I don't know who. Oh, signing. Yeah. Like to ride them, mm-hmm. like an influencer or a racer. I think a racer. A racer was going to sign. Well, where are they going to race it? I don't know. Because I, I don't think there's really a class for that sort mm-hmm. of thing yet. No, I heard they're trickling out. I heard they're getting out there, but I haven't haven't seen a whole lot. But then I guess you have to check the internet's more for this kind of information. Um, still ready to ride one whenever it's available. Stark sent us a bike. It's fine. We'll take it. We'll treat it. Good. I have a 220 plug someplace too, so I can charge it. <laughs> you know, most of the journalists that got that KTM electric bike could not, they got to ride it once and they could not charge it because they didn't have the plug at their house because it takes a big plug. Yeah. 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 yeah I was, I was told this. <laughs> That's your journalists. <laughs> KTM didn't get the, the, the exposure they wanted in that bike because the journalists couldn't charge it up. I, I wired a plug in at my house. Because that's how much I wanted to try it. Yep. Went the extra effort. And they, they claim they're going to let us ride the 24 XCWF, FW, EXCs, and all that stuff at some point, too. So it's just a delay. But they don't watch this show, and they don't know that I say mean things about them. So it doesn't matter. Because we're all Yamaha. Blue Crew, by the way. Yep. Yamaha, check out the new 23YZ450 or the video I just did on the 23 Yamaha WR450, which... Frankly, so I, I put the competition ECU on it, and I use the power tuner because now you competition ECU. I put the two position switch on it, and and I have the Wi Fi and stuff, and so I can use my phone. I've been playing with maps in that thing, Logan. That bike rips. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it, it's it's the most. It could be it, it could you know I made two I made a bunch of different maps, but I was kind of playing. I just started making a gnarly map for it just for the hell of it. Something you would use like in on the sand track and super wet loam. Yes. Just just to you wouldn't really want to ride it for that long in it, but if you just wanted to have your socks knocked off, mm-hmm. this is a WR. I put it I put an FMFQ on it. Yes. And the comp ECU. And that thing is I, I made it more gnarly than a YZ four fifty with just some tuning. Like I would never like I said, it would it's a fun map. Yeah, it's like and then turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're feeling good that day, and it just yeah yeah, yeah. what a, what an awesome bike. So uh, yeah, the video, the the riding impression video should go up pretty soon, and then I'm gonna keep playing with it. I actually kind of want to turn it into a really good trail bike. I just got to work on a gas tank and do a couple things, but uh, pretty happy with that thing. Boy, boy, <laughs> I was really surprised. It's the it's the most throttle responsive, just snappy, aggressive. It makes any other because i rode all those fx bikes that trevor had and yeah the yamaha was snappy but we actually kind of smoothed it out Uh i just went the other direction on this for the shits and giggles to see what it would do it'll do everything that that fx will do and more 
I mean, you could do, I could send the same, I should send the same map, map to Trevor for the FX. And then I would tell him, put that little strap on. So when you fall off the back, it turns yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Any other questions? Uh, 450 off-road shootout. Mm-hmm. Charles Whit- Whitley's. Whitley's? Yeah. Will Wilts. Yeah, that's it. I wish you could have tested the KTM. That's what I'm looking to get here real soon. Oh, since they don't listen to the show, KTM did not feel the need to get us a bike for this comparison. They got us new plastic for a friend's gas gas that we used. So it would look new. And then when we beat it up, it wouldn't look as bad as actually the bike was pretty much brand new when we got it. So I think we kind of took his new plastic off to put new plastic on so we could scratch it up and then go ride it. But, you know, thanks for, thanks for doing that. But they had kind of, at that point, it was a little bit late in the year. They felt like they had sold out of all the 2023s, no need to, to do it. So we did not test it, but we felt the need to include a KTM brand product in the comparison. That's why we went out of our way to get a gas gas. Otherwise we just would have done it with the Honda, Yamaha and um, Kawasaki. People want to know this, and and the gas gas and the KTM and the Husky are all pretty similar. And I, so I think we sort of did in a way test the the KTM. It, it would have a little bit of tweak here and a little bit of tweak there, a little bit of differences. But uh, all the manufacturers are right now selling, well, not totally, but getting pretty close to selling everything they make. They're 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 the dealer. Well, the dealers are buying all the bikes and they're getting to dealers showroom floors and they haven't slowed down just yet enough to where manufacturers are like, man, we need to get some more press and on this bike. And you'll start seeing it when they start offering rebate rebates and incentives. And then they start coming back to media that they know that will actually test it so that people are on the fence about, Hey, I want this one or that one. Uh, they'll, they'll try to get it out there so we can describe it better. I don't want to say test it and produce a winner of a shootout because I think it's ridiculous because just like on that video says, if you watch the video I did after riding those bikes on the first day, the Honda was my favorite on the second day after racing all of them, the Yamaha was my favorite. It was they're They're all good. And that's the way all these bikes are. It's just, I think you can pick the wrong bike for you. If you, if you don't know what you like, but if you are a little bit adaptable, you know, you can change a little bit. Any of these bikes can be really good. Uh, you'll just get used to what, you know, it may not be the thing you like the most in the beginning, but you'll learn to work around it and or there's a way to modify, which Trevor's doing right now. He's trying to, I hope he's trying to. He doesn't call me anymore. Nobody does. But uh can't even get a producer in for this show. You know what I mean, Logan? Yeah. Yeah, might be a hockey game or something on get in the way but uh yeah that's what uh that's what we uh that's what we do um so like subscribe um send us just send us money in bags no i, I wouldn't it wouldn't even change what i do here hey, we're working on getting the t-shirt out but we need to make a, a sign up form so i can get the right t-shirts made so trust me we haven't forgot about you there especially if you're mark daniels and it took you three months to get the t-shirt that you won on this show i was going to give a t-shirt or two away tonight but i forgot to do that so it's one less thing i have to do next week um so that's it oh you know what i forgot to do i forgot to have some tequila tonight because we didn't have tacos so i might as well have a little bit of this good thing you're too young logan because that's uh, more tequila for me this is a some good three r's 
But you're asking questions about my whiskey. I'm concerned. Well, I was asking more about the the, the bottle. bottle. Right. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to go in there and find that it's watered down or anything like that, right? That trick's played out. Like we were doing that when I was your age. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you never done that before, right? No. Your sister just all of a sudden popped her high eyes up from that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry. You just got guilty. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, okay. You got any other questions popping through the... Uh, uh, Trevor has a statement of YZ450FX just confirmed it's the best 450 out there. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't say that just because um, Yamaha sponsors the show at all. But actually, Trevor has always, always, always been a Yamaha guy. Even back when I was a full KTM guy, um, Trevor just hated it when I'm like, hey, get this KTM and test it. He's like, why don't you test it? You like them. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so I actually, I was kind of, I thought Trevor was going to like get me one of those bikes and let me jimmy it. You know, I'd put some flex handlebars on it, get yeah. a sponsor of the show. I have to do that if I want to ride it for more than one day. Uh, I probably, well, I already put my map in it. What would I do to a YZ450FX if it were mine? Well, this is what I'm going to do to my WR. It will get the flex handlebars. That's just a, that's, that's a no-brainer. Uh, I'm liking these new Acherby's handguards. They're, they they have these ones, the wish I knew the extreme something, but they have a metal bar in there you know so oh. it's a it's a really stout handguard i just put them on the wr those are pretty good i need to find a gas tank solution um to get some more fuel capacity bulletproof designs i'm gonna protect that thing with some good bulletproof designs mm-hmm. radiator guards better do it before i let you ride it because i don't want to get tipped over i don't tip over as much as cooper so okay yeah, yeah. man that guy you know you know who's good photos what's joey up to he's Got a day job. A day job. Yeah. Right. If you guys could figure out how to edit videos and produce content and then make my life easier, those three in that order, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to have a day job. You're, you're going to start busting tires tomorrow. No. No. Diff- oh, I'm going to his day job. Oh, you're going... What? What's that? You, uh, remodeling. Remodeling? Yeah. Okay. I thought you had a job at a tire shop. That's not for like a week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, if that's it, if we don't have any more questions in the chat, uh, Jimmy can adjust the CR450RX. Is that what he's telling me? I'll let Jimmy rig the, I'll let you Jimmy rig the CRF450RX and put flex bars on it. That, that bike would, every single one of those bikes could use the flex bars. Like for me, a hundred percent. I can't tell you how, like then, like the day after I raced them at the Grand Prix, like I was a little like eh, my wrist. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. could I didn't uh-huh. ride for a couple of days after that. So, uh, okay, well, uh, everybody, thanks for joining in. Thanks for uh, watching the show. Tell a friend. Share share this. If your friends have really stupid motorcycle questions that you've given them the answer and they don't like it, then have them come to us every Tuesday night, 7 PM Pacific time. We'll see if we can get our, uh, get our team back together here, Logan, but you did an excellent job. I'm really surprised more, more performance and less F ups than that Matt character. Sweet. That's all I hoped. Right. I think you're going to leave with the FMF factory MX bike. 
Okay. Do, do you collect that stuff? Yeah, I have a couple. Okay. Don't have one in the box, so this will be. That's good. Start yeah. your collection when when you're my age, and somebody says, because like you'll be sixty something rather. That'll be they'll FMF will be doing their hundred year bike. Yes, probably have wings on it and hover bike or something like that. You're uh-huh. like, I got a fifty year one that some old dude gave me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, awesome, and uh, with that, everybody, we will uh, see you out on the trail. So cheers.